0: Hello and welcome to presenting a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek, and with me today is Jocelyn Hamilton. Welcome to the podcast. Hi John, good to see you again yeah, good to, you know, actually, I saw you in person um just two days ago, right so that's yeah that but that's like the first time in a long time, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> given how close we are but how separate we are because at least I've been staying away from venues. Are are you still going to Mox's?
1: Oh Uh, yeah. I mean, it's still going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so I'm just not going in person stuff. I'm hoping after June I I can do that. I have a meeting with my team next month and they'll give me the okay or not. Okay. I guess. So anyway, so Jocelyn is is my local venture captain here uh, for the Emerald city lodge uh, based near Seattle. And she has achieved both five glyph status, for Pathfinder 2nd Edition and 5 Nova status for Starfinder, becoming the first GM to reach both of these milestones and doing it pretty quickly, I might add. Uh, besides leading her lodge and running numerous Pathfinder 2nd Edition Starfinder games, Jocelyn has also been a tremendous asset for the online gaming community, sharing dozens, maybe even hundreds, I don't know, <laughs> of Roll20 Tables. She shared dozens with me, so I know it's at least dozens. Um, that she has carefully crafted, um, and she's been letting people from all over the world use these to run their games. And next weekend, uh, which is Memorial Day weekend, just coming up, Jocelyn will be an HQ volunteer at Pizacon in Seattle, and that is Onsite Lead. Is that correct?
1: Onsite HQ, yeah.
0: Onsite HQ. Excellent. So, Jocelyn, can you talk a little bit about what you do for Organized Play and how you got involved in the first place? I'm really curious about that part.
1: Sure. I mean, a bit of background for people who may not be aware. Uh, Venture officers in general uh, run games or make sure games are run in their assigned venues. Um, They report the games. They organize conventions. They build up the player and GM convention uh, population. And they might enforce the rules of org play and the code of conduct when necessary. Uh, Some VOs also serve on a task force, which might be in charge of a certain document or a process Mm, in org play. Uh, a Venture Captain uh, oversees, at least for local lodges, a area, uh, could be a city or a metropolitan area. The Emerald City Lodge is the sort of Seattle-adjacent area, <laughs> uh, including Northwest Washington. Um, and they're responsible for the overall health and effectiveness of that lodge and for growing the player base where practical. So that's basically what I do. It's no different from any other Venture officer. I just have more people that I yell at
0: have to be responsible for yes. work with more venue. I didn't realize it's four locations. That's the requirement to have a venture captain.
1: Um. Well, it depends, right? Um, okay. Like online, for example, there would not be four locations, right? Uh, there, yes. there would be online. Uh, and mm-hmm. there are venture captains who uh, have other responsibilities that are not attached right. to a lodge.
0: Right. Right. Excellent. And how did you get started in organized play in the first place?
1: Um, so I had been looking around for a bit, trying to get into uh, tabletop RPGs after a very, very long time away. And I eventually, after much effort, figured out where the local games are uh, around here. This was in 2019, summer, just after PF2 had been released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, after finding out where the games were, I played my first game of any PISO system, really. Uh, it was PF2 on uh, August 31st. Then, as you know, I also started playing Starfinder. And yes. you were my first Starfinder GM. Nice. Uh, and after about like a month of playing uh, here and there in a couple of locations, uh, both systems, I decided I should start GMing. So I did. And uh, there wasn't a huge need at that point for more Starfinder GMs. Because there were like six or seven in that room right. <laughs> where we played right, right. Starfinder, right? But there were really relatively few PF2 GMs. So I started there. Uh, I GM'd my first game uh on October fourth. It's just a little over a month after I started playing, and then later on, I managed to get a few Starfinder games into. I had to like elbow my way, you know, through the <laughs> the crowd of other <laughs> Starfinder GMs. Yeah. Um, so that's how I got started.
0: Now, you've achieved both Five Glyph and Five Nova status in less than three years. So, where have most of those games come from? Is it? online because of the pandemic?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Uh when the pandemic hit and all our venues closed, uh I moved my games online. You did too. A couple of other yeah. GMs did as well. And uh obviously the pandemic was very bad. It, you know, it made things a lot worse for people, but it was very good for me from all play point of view. Right? Um running games online was came very easily to me, uh and I feel I still feel that there are many advantages compared to in person. So the number of games I could run online in the same period of time was a lot larger than I could do in person. Mm-hmm, Not just mm-hmm. in terms of audience, but also practically, like physically, the tall when running in person right. is much higher for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree 100 percent with that. So you ran for our, our local lodges in, in online, and I know a bunch of conventions. Did you were you a regular GM for other outside lodges as well? I mean, that still seems like a lot of games. You're, you're talking, you know, between the two. 300 plus games in less than three years. So that's a game a week every week for three years on average.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, there were a lot of times I was running three, four games a week. Okay, yeah. Um, And, you know, two or three of them would be for our lodge. There'd be a Starfinder game. There'd be a PF2 game. Uh, There Mm -hmm. might be a module or something. Uh, And I would occasionally run. I mean, I still do for other lodges if, you know, if there's an Mm -hmm. opportunity. I, mm-hmm. I like to see what other people are doing.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's, I, I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of cool people from other lodges because of yep. online. You know, I've I've gone to a lot of the big conventions where I got to meet some people face-to-face prior to this. But like, um, other than Paisacon, I, I wouldn't meet a lot of folks from, from Europe, for example, because a lot of them weren't going to Gen Con and Origins and things as well. But I did get get a chance to meet a lot of other folks going to those conventions that way, but way more way more doing stuff online. Now, yep. you're actually going to be at Pyzacon in person this year. Do you know specifically what you'll be doing? Uh, what role you'll be assigned? Is as, uh... So,
1: the, yes, the The title is On-Site HQ Lead. So I'm in charge of HQ On-Site, right? Th- mm-hmm. That is the uh, title. So it's um, doing whatever HQ does, like uh, shepherding the GMs, taking the reporting, mm-hmm. uh, assigning people to games who want games, uh, walk-ups and so forth. And solving, mm-hmm. you know, general issues that come up.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And, and managing the other folks that are, are volunteers, HQ volunteers, I'm guessing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, that's one of the things Um, I've actually, I was talking to David Peaver about it, that, you know, I've done a lot of GMing at the conventions. I thought, you know, I might try this HQ volunteer sometime um, just to get some orange shirts. Oh, are there <laughs> new shirts this year? There are new shirts this year. Oh, are you allowed to say what they look like? Is that is that, um, is it spoiler free? I don't
1: even know. I don't know if it's a spoiler. Uh, it, they're cool though. But they're
0: cool. Okay. What can you say? What what colors are they?
1: Um, are they the same colors,
0: or they change the colors up?
1: I don't know if they change the colors.
0: Oh, okay. So purple for GMs and orange for HQ. Oh, you can't say. Oh, oh, okay. Well I I kind of hope they and they did some yellow ones. Maybe that was man, now I'm it was yellow and purple the last time when they had that that weird skitter goblin mix thing. So yeah. now that now that um the card game is is kind of not as big are, are they still I don't know. You can't answer any of these questions. Now I'm dying to know. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> now, um... now I now I want to go just to get a t-shirt. Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's a cool t-shirt it's a new design uh, i presume that alex is somebody will probably unveil that right before yes yeah at the start okay all right yeah we don't we don't want to we don't want to get in trouble for taking in taking any any thunder there so um what's going on with walk-ups so you mentioned that are, so they're not filling all the tables and there'll be room for walk-ups or what yeah, other yeah. kind of things like that
1: i mean that that's true for both the online and the in-person yeah. is that they are saving room for walk-ups so there will be you know places for people to come who haven't already signed up. And I know there are people who have not signed up. Right. But right. want to go.
0: Yeah. I actually, um, I had, I got an email. So I had tickets for the online person, uh, in-person right. game. And I waited to the last minute just to see if I could get clearance to go. And I didn't, mm. I didn't. So I had to turn them back. So there's at least another pair. Cause I had a pair of them, right? There's at least another <laughs> pair of tickets that went. If people want to buy some, um and, uh, and and alex i saw alex posted on the blog li- lately that there there are a handful available so uh, if people want to get some but um are there any other last minute insights you have for people interested in coming i know there's not going to be as, as many people in attendance but what other changes are going to be going on compared to other online or i'm sorry in person isacons
1: um I think in, in general, it will be more or less the same as any other in person con in terms of procedures and things like that, you know there's covid mm-hmm. protocols and all that and right. and you're right it's going to be a lot smaller than pre pandemic PISOCon for reasons I'm sure we don't need to go into yeah uh so it'll be obviously different yeah um i I will say that even though we're sort of coming into a better stage of the pandemic, if I might say that and we're not being limited uh so much in person as we used to be, it's still kind of a mm-hmm. burden all right. And not just in the sense of like the physical measures and the sanitizing and all that, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's done a lot of damage to uh, the way we relate to each other, and that damage is mm-hmm. still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, if Pycon is is a low key, uh, it's kind of a chill kind of environment. You know, it's yeah. it's not like packed full of, of people. Like, so I think it's it's a good place to try and get back into the groove again and to like heal that damage.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think it's now with the con, I know a handful of, of my friends from across the country are going there. Uh, it's like, I think it's a great time just to, to connect with people again. I think the gaming is great and the panels are, and all are going to be great. I think just to see people in person again, you know, I think that yeah. is that is probably the, the, the biggest thing I'm, I'm actually going to miss about that. And I thought about maybe going to the gathering that locally we're having at Mox's but the table I have scheduled for that afternoon is completely full, so right uh, yeah. so unless something's going on after eight o'clock on Monday um i I don't know <laughs> yeah. that I will be able to make it uh, right. and then I have to drive down from Camo because I'm running from Camo and so that's that's a little bit of an extra haul there uh, yeah. that was not good planning on my part um. But I'm I'm excited to see them coming and I'm actually a little hopeful that I might get clearance for um in time for Gen Con and maybe not to GM because I didn't sign up for that, but to maybe show up and be a walk-in and just see people. You know, just see people. That's kind of the, the big thing I'm interested in. Now with PISACon, uh, you know, I had talked to actually Ron Lundin about it because I didn't know what, what Paizo was going to require he told me there was going to be proof of vaccination and everyone has to wear masks the whole time that they're in the common spaces. Right. Okay. So that's a lot different than all the general protocols we have in Seattle area. So it's being quite a bit more strict. So people Mm -hmm. need to be aware of that. Um, And I think that's important, you know, a lot, although there's not as much press around it right now, we're at a hundred thousand new cases every day still in the country. You know, that's what it's been the last couple of days. And when we first hit that early in the pandemic, that was a major issue. And now it's, I think people are not, not really paying as much attention to it. And I actually think that's an underreported number, given that we have, this is like official reporting in hospitals and things. So we have a lot of unofficial, you know, people testing and doing stuff and just staying home and not getting it reported. So I think having those protocols are important. And I hope people appreciate them and don't chafe at them uh while we're there um what what's your your sense on that having talked with people do you think there's some people unhappy with the fact that there's the, the covid protocols in
1: place um i mean there, there's always going to be some percentage of any population that will be unhappy at it but if you're going you already know this right yeah. it's not going to be a surprise
0: yeah all right so that's been made pretty clear to yeah. To everyone that's attending. Well, I think I think that's good. I, I saw on the forums a little bit some people were disappointed at that and, yep. and things, but I think that probably was a vocal minority. But hard to say. I don't don't know everybody in person. So anyway, um changing gears a little bit to uh getting involved in organized play. So if you have somebody who's not an active org play player, you know, somebody who's just playing Starfinder, maybe home games and things like that, or even if they've been playing some in a store, how would you suggest they get involved in organized play? And if they've been doing it for a while, how do you think they can go about becoming a venture officer if they're interested in that?
1: Well, um, getting involved in organized play is very easy, right? <laughs> um, we're uh pretty easy to find these days uh so you just come on down we'll get you started if you're not familiar uh and you don't need to uh be afraid of anything so it, getting it started in OrgPlay is is very easy and uh there's a low barrier uh once you are uh in org play if you want to contribute to the community i would say do it for the right reasons um do it because you love the people that you are going to yeah. serve And you uh, see something you can be good at that you Mm -hmm. uh, will give people joy. Don't do it because, um, you know, you want to uh, get the status or, uh, you know, this is not a paying gig, right? This is a volunteer thing. And it will take a lot of your time and be very inconvenient at certain points in in your life. So only do it if you uh, really want to do it for the people. And speaking of, uh, this is also... a gig that involves people, some of those people will annoy you. You have to be okay with this.
0: You have to put up with the annoying people or?
1: Well, you not only have to put up with the annoying people, but you actually yeah. have to kind of like them in some way. You are serving these people. Oh, see, that's
0: why I didn't become a venture officer. <laughs> so. There's some,
1: some annoying people I don't
0: want to have to like. And you probably well, know. Well, I who. mean, there's, there's a line. you? <laughs> <There's a line. laughs> <laughs> Oh, Uh, you know, there is a benefit I'll say is if you're um, especially on a tight budget, you do get all the scenarios for free.
1: This, this is true. Uh, yes. You do get that. Uh, but uh, your venture captain, in fact, has the ability to give people uh, physical copies of the scenario. So if you're on a tight budget, you want to run something, I can give you a copy. You do not have to pay for it. Or if you are someone who wants to GM, just simply does not have the budget for it. You know, come talk to me. I can help you. This is not this is not going to be a barrier. Yes. Right.
0: Excellent. If you want to do it. And is there pretty high demand for GMs now?
1: Uh, there, there is, um, a lot of people dropped off, uh, during the pandemic, uh, people who did not want to run online and so forth. And not all mm-hmm. of those have made it back, uh, right. even though we are yeah. back in person in a few places. Mm. So yes, there, there is still a demand for GMs. Um, more for Pathfinder, I'd say than Starfinder at the moment, but right. still Starfinder GMs would be appreciated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I say that if anybody wants to, please, please. Uh, you will be very much appreciated. I'd be happy to have you.
0: Now, have they updated the OrgPlay site so where you can contact, so a local GM like you know, for us, if you're a member of the lodge, it's pretty easy to find folks. But if you're listening and you're in Topeka, Kansas, and you want to know who's, so here's what I'll tell you what happened with me when I when I was interested in playing Starfinder because you found me when I'd actually been running it for almost a year and a half, right? Yep. I, I wanted to play Starfinder organized play. I had no one but pl- to play with. I had like I one know. person. So yep. I put a sign up at Zulu saying, hey, if you want to play, come here, um, contact us. And I and I did the same thing in, in at Uncles and Redmond. And slowly we built up that crew of all the GMs that you had. Um, but I the first thing I did is I went to the org play website and I contacted all the Venture officers listed there for Seattle for, and all of them either didn't respond or said, Oh, I'm not really doing that anymore. Um, You could try just going to the game store and asking. I mean, and, um, and now that, so you laugh, right. And I know they've completely revamped this. Okay. But all that same folks, the first pies I went to, I got invited to the, the VL luncheon because I was running a bunch of games and all these same people I'd contacted that weren't involved and weren't doing anything, they were all at the luncheon. And I thought, okay, I, I see what this is all about now. So um, now since then, I think it's changed quite a bit, right?
1: Yes. I, I would okay. say it has changed <laughs> um, the, uh, so one thing that they have done is um, uh the roster of active, uh, the roster of active VOs is, is under, belongs to the obviously. So, Paizo mm-hmm. doesn't actually take care of this. Right. Like right. doesn't, you know, have a, have the list or, or or decide who is the VO. Right. Right. Uh, so it, it's in a certain sense up to the eventual coordinator of their region to make sure that they are accurate and up to date. Uh, right. I had the same problem you had. When I was trying to find games, like yeah. <laughs> those tags on the farm were, were, were entirely out of date. Yes, uh, yes. So, yes. And one thing that they've done to sort of reduce the inaccuracy of it is to not list venture captains in the Orgplay documentation anymore, mm-hmm. but only mm-hmm. the regional venture cap, uh, coordinators, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which makes it less inaccurate, but doesn't make it easier to find <laughs> what you're looking for. Find any more information. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh.
0: Well, we're, we're fortunate that, um, Adam is, who has this really, what's, how do you pronounce his last name? Adam uh, L. Lutzenheiser? Lutzen- no. yeah. 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 So he has this really cool long last name. So he was our, our he was, you know, our, our venture captain before and played, he's actually a VL came to our lodge, became venture captain. Now he's the regional coordinator. So hopefully he'll keep all our area all squared away. Right.
1: Yeah, that's the I plan? Would expect them to. Yeah. Okay.
0: Good, good, excellent. All right. Um, yeah, it's just kind of funny that you know, where things started to where they are now. I think across the board, um, there's been a lot of reorganization for all the regions. And I think it's um been things are more up to date, is my experience, talking to various venture captains and, and and so on and so forth. And there's been a change of leadership in a lot of places as well. Yes. So to, yes. to keep things going. Um. Now, uh, looking at online stuff. Now, I've been, as I alluded to earlier, I haven't counted, but I think I've gotten probably close to 30 roll 20 tables from that That's like kind of, you. That sounds like a lot.
1: sure? Yeah, okay. Well,
0: I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm guessing. You know, I've run about, I, I have some I haven't reported. I need to report. So I get about 180 <laughs> tables. Well, they're, they're from APs. I've been running all these APs, right? And I just like, uh, I haven't got around to filling out the stuff because none of the players really care about Chronicles, but eventually I'll do that for the ACP. Right. Hmm. Um, So I got around somewhere around 180 tables and I think about 30 of them are tables I got from you because once I learned that when a scenario comes out and you're going to run it pretty soon, you make a really good table. I just always make sure to play the game when you're running it. And then I know there's a table and then I just borrow that table when I run it. That's uh, works. i I've been doing that for about the last year and a half or so. Um, so that really helped, helps me a lot. I, I used to really like putting the tables together, but I, I wasn't very efficient at it. Um, and I like the way how you do your tables, except one thing. And I'm, I just kind of live with that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand how your macros work. I can't get the it. Yes,
1: right. I know. We have talked yes. about this. Yes. yes
0: we <laughs> so that's fine. I just open up the individual sheets and, and I just deal with that. Right. Um, but can you talk about some of the tools you use for creating the tables and that process you go through because you do so many of them that you got it. It seems like it's streamlined somewhat and they're all very consistent in terms of having all the tiers, everything available. I love your skill check um, pages and stuff. I basically, when I create stuff, I model it after how you do it, except for the macros. I use my own macro thing, <laughs> sure. um, but can you talk about that process?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, Early on, I, I decided that there were things that I didn't want to do manually, so I, I streamlined a few of them, like extracting mm-hmm. all the images. And a lot of online GMs do this. This, this is not something yeah. unique to me, uh, that extracting all the images does not have to be done manually. You can do that, you know, with a script or a program. Uh, I do it manually take out...
0: still because I can't figure out the script or programs. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. But so so that's
1: <laughs> the first thing I do, yeah. uh, preparing a scenario or any adventure, is just extract all the images, uh, you know, run the program. It does it. and uh, that applies the transparency back to them so they look nice, blah, blah, blah. And then it separates the chronicle sheet out, right? Because you always want the chronicle sheet out separately right. if you're running it on uh, in person.
0: Now, you but, wrote a specific script to do this.
1: Right, but anybody can do this.
0: I know, but I've tried to use your script and it doesn't work for me. <laughs> so you got to be special to get it to work. I'm just saying. No, no, know- no, 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 no. I, you I, got to know what you're doing. It, it,
1: <laughs> I just need to give you a better install for it. So that it' don't okay, work on your fine.
0: system. Next time. Okay. Yeah. Continue, please.
1: Uh, so then, uh, so then I have a generic game, right. With all the stuff that I want in a normal game. right? I like That's that. like the yeah. blank game, yeah. right. It has like the pre-gens and like, you know, society handouts and, and crap. Yeah. And you just make a copy of that to make your new game. Right. So it has all the stuff you would normally want in a game already in there. Uh, and then, all right, once you have that, you put the game assets into the game. That's straightforward. Again, get nothing that nobody else does. And mm-hmm. just a small digression here. I will say that a lot of this is because I use Roll20, right? There are the VTTs mm-hmm. that other people use, yes. and there are yes. other convenient options for streamlining or avoiding prep work there. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing against those VTTs. Uh, I just use Roll20 because it's slightly more convenient for me personally.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you mentioned uh, the skill check sections and that's like yes one of the things that I right at the beginning thought was really needed running online, right? Because my experience is that players don't like having to listen to things without something to look at. And mm-hmm. this is already obvious in physical games when you're going to a skill check and you say you can use this and this and this. And then like at the end of it, they go like, what were the skills again?
0: And you just said them,
1: right? Uh, It's annoying enough in person, it's like worse online somehow. Yeah. So the skill check sections are are necessary to have something to look at so Mm -hmm. that they don't have to rely on remembering everything you say.
0: Now, where do you get the art for that? Because you have a very specific style and it's consistent across all of them. Like those the 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 pictograms that you use in them.
1: Um, so I did uh, buy some art uh, a while ago. Uh, it's basically art for making games with, uh, and I use those things like everywhere all the time. That collection of stuff I, I dig into all the time when I need art for something, and there isn't canonical art that from Baizo or or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. So that that's a collection of stuff that I have.
0: So. Can you say where you got that from? I mean,
1: uh, you you can buy game assets. Uh, there's n- numerous marketplaces on the on the web where okay. you can buy buttons and icons and things like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. But these are like real specific, like little images that you know, like here's a wavy thing for uh, you know wind, or here's you know, and yes, but they're yeah. all the same style, so it must be a really big they come art in style.
1: collections, you know, so oh, there'll be collections okay. with a certain style. Got it. Okay. Um, like you know, spell icons or something. Yes. like that. Oh, okay.
0: Yep. Now I need to go look for all those things. You're just supposed to give me a series of links I can click on. That's like so much easier. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and then also um, kind of related to that. So that's kind of it, how you set it up. So you always have a kind of a generic table, which right. I need to do. I always import everything from another table which takes like an extra like minute to do. So I really should do mm-hmm. that. You always have the same background kind of set up kind of right. Here's what to do if you can't control your character, which I think is good because that's a general <laughs> question. <laughs> right? yeah, people always have. Happens. You think by now, right? People would realize yeah. you need to make it all players, man. If you don't do that, you can't. Haven't they told you that a million times, uh, but yeah, but a lot of times you get first time players and stuff, all the, um, all the uh, different shapes for areas, like for doing things different effects Mm -hmm. Um, you have handouts for you know uh, all the relative uh, the conditions that are relevant for that particular um, you know so if they're you know you have the condition uh, goblin but also uh, handouts for you know how to deal with certain things so uh,
1: right like if there's there's an elemental in there you want to tell them what the elemental immunities are and things like that
0: right exactly And and that's that's really handy just to be able to pop those out again this why I like I like your tables a lot. Um and then you put high tier and low tier in a little abbreviation saying this is what this is the four player adjustment and all this kind of stuff. So oh, you had your cat. My cat's my daughter's cat come <laughs> hey to visit. Kitty. Yes. This is Jasper. Jasper likes to be on my lap and he's got a big motor. Hmm. Can you hear him?
1: A little bit. Yeah, it's a little, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's anyway, I could send him away. <laughs> um yeah, so I how long does it take you to make a table like that?
1: Well, it depends on how much stuff I have to custom make, right? Yeah. Uh like the standard stuff like putting things on the GM layer with the scaling and all that. And by the mm-hmm. way, the scaling is super necessary for me for BF2 because of the jump yeah. points and all that. Uh oh, it yeah. saves like yeah, so yeah. much time. Uh so it depends on how much stuff I have to customize. Like if I have to go and dig up art that's not in the scenario, that's in right. like a hardcover book somewhere. Mm-hmm, then I have mm-hmm. to go extract it from the PDF of that card cover book and, you know, right. f- and find right. it or whatever. Then that takes more time. If I need to composite images together to make something, that, yes. that's like more time.
0: Mm-hmm. All right.
1: So it depends on the scenario. But, so a basic
0: um, scenario where you don't have to do that stuff. How long does it take uh, you?
1: Well, I still have to do like handouts and things, but uh, I can get it down to about two hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Basic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: that's good that that actually is about the same amount of time it takes me to do one from scratch so it's that's good the the thing is that takes me longer is probably all the 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 images because i i i don't know how to strip them out properly and i know robert does uh, rob does something else for stripping them out um i just i work out something i I do something else usually i screenshot if i have to
1: and just cut and paste it and then that works and Right, a, a lot of stuff yeah. is cosmetic. Right, yeah. it it doesn't yes. like make the game better. It just makes it slightly prettier. Yes, I know.
0: But if you're gonna make something and keep it for a long time, speaking of which, how many tables do you think you've created <laughs> for each of these? Um, just I know you don't know
1: exactly because we were talking about
0: this before. Do you have an estimate?
1: Yes. I I mean, uh, probably eighty percent of the scenarios I have. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have. I mean, obviously, there are some scenarios I have not run. Right, uh, but like for for PF two, probably as much. Yeah, yeah, like yes, a few from the first season here and there I haven't run yeah. because I I wasn't here then. But PF two, I have almost all of them because I was here when it you know right. started, so to speak. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow that that is quite a collection. And now I've not run PF two. That's actually one of my goals is this summer to to start GMing PF two and and start working towards, I try to catch up with you, you know, now that you've surpassed Mm -hmm. me so (laughs) handily. you know, Um, how are running those tables in comparison to Starfinder? Are are they pretty straightforward? Like the, the treasure box, the treasure things bundles is the thing that I worry about doing those calculations and stuff. For example, I I wouldn't worry about that. That, That's not like the hard part. I don't know. I don't know. I just know they always talk about them. I don't know how it's calculated.
1: What's oh, the well, hard it, part
0: then? What's the hard part if there's a hard part?
1: The the main difference... Okay, discounting Starship combat, right? Discounting yes. Starship combat. Uh, I find that PF2 is way more fiddly than Starfinder. There's just a lot more fiddliness. Uh, one reason is because of the much more granular uh, challenge adjustments. Okay, right, right, right. Uh, Got it. Um, but other than that, I think... The skill set is entirely the same. I, I don't yes. think you will have any problem.
0: All right, and and actually, I think the challenge levels usually, I would imagine, you probably lay them out pretty
1: well on your table. Then, yeah, the, it's yes. necessary because otherwise, I have to go yeah. and look them up. Right, right,
0: right, right. And and so that I, I get now, I'm going to go to. So if I want to start running stuff, and I know you have most of the tables, that makes it really easy for me, right? Because then I know all that stuff's in there. So works out pretty but well.
1: At least the the later stuff, like the more I run, the more it better stuff I put in them. So right. like if I go and run uh, an earlier scenario from uh, in the beginning. Oh yeah. Then yeah, I, yeah. I have no. to, you know, upgrade that, right? Because yes. it's low quality. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I'm thinking some of the early tables that I put together and would share a lot to people. Um, man, they're no, they're nowhere near where they should be now. So anyway, well that's good to know. And and, and so I will be asking for some PF two tables. Just sure. Just yeah. be aware. Because you mentioned that we need a little bit more PF two GMing around here, so I'll I'll try that, and I'll try to if I can, I'll start doing some in person as well. That um, be cool. Now that said, if other GMs are interested, uh, are, do you lend them out to other people that ask you besides me?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, assuming I don't have a beef with that person, I will I will <laughs> lend them out to people who ask. Right. I I don't advertise them. I'm not in the business of that, but yeah, yes, no, they, I know.
0: It, but if you're trying to facilitate, you know, somebody trying to help them out. So they're okay to contact you on Discord or something?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, people do, yeah. Okay. All right. And if it's someone at the Lodge, I'm more than happy to, you know, because always, because that means more players in the Lodge get to play there, right? Yes. No,
0: for sure. I'm just thinking, you know, people from outside our area, we do have listeners outside Seattle, believe it or not. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if they want to contact you via Discord, um, how might they reach you then? Do they just search your name? You'll probably show uh, well, up that it, way.
1: I mean, if you if you know where our lodge Discord is, you can always oh, find
0: me there. Come to our lodge, yes. Come to the <laughs> yeah. Emerald City Lodge and find us, and we'll give you a table. I like that.
1: Or oh, or you yeah. you you can just bug John Kodak. <laughs>
0: yes, you can bug me, and then I'll bug. Uh, okay, that works. I'm I'm easy enough to find. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So you you're kind of a newly appointed venture captain, and being involved in. Uh, with PaizoCon here now. What's next for you? What What else is going on, um, kind of game-wise? Anything exciting?
1: Well, uh, after PaizoCon, I'm going to start helping Robert get Zulus back in person. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, sort of kickstart that effort there, mm-hmm. um, get some GMs <laughs> interested in running there. And then I'm going to make uh, the rounds of our other venues to say hi to people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, see what we can do uh, to help there.
0: Yeah, I'm actually excited um, that Shay is starting up Linwood, something up there. That's kind of neat because that's, you know, uh, between uh, uh, Linwood, that's going to be on Saturdays, Zulu's is on Sundays, and then Mox's in Bellevue is on Mondays.
1: We actually have two venues on Saturdays in Linwood, uh, Shay's venue and uh, Sherry's venue, both in Linwood.
0: Wow, wow. And we just need a Friday night one then. There's nobody doing Friday nights anymore. Used to be at Zulu's. Um, Back in the day. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes. Um,
1: uh, And Aaron is now running at Mox. Aaron, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, We also have, uh, Teresa was trying to start something uh, down in Kent as well. Right.
0: Right. I remember that. And then Mm -hmm. Ron has something way up in Lake Stevens or Arlington or something. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, so. I think he just brings his family there and, and
1: then that's that's the table <laughs> or his new family, you know? So, all right. No, no, that's not fair. There've been other people wanting to play there. <laughs> I no, I know, but you just need three, right? And that's enough to get going. All right. Well,
0: Jocelyn, it's been fun catching up with you. Um, you know, as we started earlier, I haven't really had much chance to talk with you in person and hoping, uh, hoping to get back at Zulu's. I, I miss in-person play. Um, but with my situation, I got to be extra careful. And sure. I know they're pretty careful in there as well. And so I'm hoping that the summer will get started. So thanks again for joining us on the podcast today.
1: You're welcome, John.